This is Jerry Bingham, host of Hush Loudly on WGN+. You don't have to be an extrovert to sell yourself. All you need to do is be clear about who you are and what you want to do and what value it provides, what usefulness it brings. Hi, this is John Tarnoff, and you're listening to Hush Loudly on WGN. everyone and I'd like to welcome you to the latest episode of Hush Loudly. We have with us today Mr. John Turnoff. He is a reinvention career coach who provides career counseling for baby boomer and late career professionals looking to defy ageism, work beyond retirement and pivot to a new job or new business as a second act or encore career. So he's going to talk more at length about his career and what led him to where he is today. But I want to start off by asking John this important question. John, are you an introvert? Yes, I am, Jerry. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me on the show. I wouldn't. I, I guess I wouldn't be on the show if I weren't an introvert. Well, we have a mix. We're going to have both because we need both in this world. We balance each other out. But yes, I'm focusing on the fabulous, the incredible introverts that we come into contact with. So let me ask you, why do you believe you're an introvert? Or do you know? Or how do you know that you're an introvert? Well, I, I, I think I knew this before I was tested but on every time i take a myers briggs test i hit the introverted side i'm an infj or i whatever those those little symbols are yes. so i'm i'm on that spectrum uh but i was always i've always seen myself as an introvert i was a very shy kid i was yeah. i mean painfully shy as a little kid and just didn't want to go to birthday parties and mm-hmm. had a hard time being in large groups and meeting people and shaking hands, all of that. Mm -hmm. But I certainly have learned to make accommodations. I mean, to the point where, where people are often surprised with what I do and how I present, they are often surprised when I characterize myself as an introvert. Mm -hmm. So I think we can jump to my next question, and it's about this misconception. I think that we introverts are accustomed to being seen a certain way, and we learn how to work the system and work our way around it. So I think there is this misconception about introverts, and there would be many who would be surprised to hear that you've had this successful career in Hollywood before becoming this big author and a career coach. So can you tell us your story? Tell us you just told us about your childhood and being painfully right. shy, but tell us about uh, your career. Right. Well, I think, as you were saying before, the introverts need the extroverts, and the extroverts need the introverts. Yes. Uh, the entertainment business is typically perceived as a business of extroverts, and because performers obviously perform, they are very expressive. But what is less known about actors, many, many actors, is that they are very introverted people, and they express themselves through their art form, through their performance. So off stage or off camera, they can be extremely quiet, extremely retiring, not very forthcoming, very shy, very 
guarded and very different from the kinds of characters that they will play when they are performing. So when I got into the entertainment business, I was a student filmmaker. Um, And what drew me to filmmaking was the power of the moving image. Uh, So I, I came into this business really as a fan of the art form, just fascinated by all of the creative and technical aspects of it and how they all combine to create this magical experience that we consume pretty much as a solo experience in a dark room. I mean, traditionally, right? Going to the movie theater, even if you go to the movie theater on a date, you're, yeah, you're watching with that person you're with, but your experience of that film is your own experience. Yes. And then of course you go out for a drink afterwards. And if it was a stimulating film, you debate it. And so that's kind of the way I got into the business from that, from that angle. And I used to joke uh, when I was single on uh, my dating profile was uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who's off in the corner talking about politics and movies. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the guy who's kind of center stage. Mm-hmm. I'm not the guy who walks into the party and people go, Oh, John's here. The party's <laughs> starting. That's yeah. not me. Mm-hmm. Me either. So the, the thing about Hollywood is that Hollywood, of course, takes advantage of both sides. There are plenty of people who are shyer, more retiring, more bookish, more introverted, people who would rather kind of stay home on a Saturday night to read scripts than to go out to a club. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing this about a lot of actors, so it'll be interesting. Hopefully, maybe I can talk to one one day. So after that career in Hollywood, what led you to where you are now, this author and career coach? I had always felt that education was a great way to segue out of the professional career that I was in. And frankly, entertainment is a field that's very focused on young people, uh, and uh, the largest segment of the audience is under 25. So with each passing year, you know, the, the focus tends to be on people who are younger with newer ideas. And I don't want to get into the ageism of that, because some of that may have some, some statistical value, but a lot of it is, is, is not valid. But be that as it may, I always felt that after working for a certain amount of time in this business that I would want to take what I had learned and give back, basically. And I always thought that that would be uh, a good thing for me to be doing. I had the opportunity all through my career to be invited to speak at classes that people were running or friends were running. And I enjoyed that experience. I enjoyed the interaction with students. And I found that there was something intellectually stimulating about taking all the experience and the knowledge and then kind of packaging it up in some contextual way that people could understand and get to the heart of the matter and really get insight into um, what was going on in this business. So that was always kind of part of the plan. And then it just worked out that at a kind of a lull in my career, I had a technology startup in the 1990s during the tech bubble and we kind of wrote it up and raised a bunch of money and launched a bunch of product. And, and then the bubble burst and the investors went away and, you know, the clients went away and 
my partner and I were kind of looking at each other going, well, okay, I guess that's, that's over. But I thought, well, what am I going to do now? I don't want to go back to the jobs that I had previously. I felt like I was on the other side of that. And I didn't really quite, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do next. So I actually went back to school and earned a behavioral psychology degree. Uh, not so much because I thought I would become a psychologist or a coach, although obviously that's what I ended up doing, mm. but because I wanted to learn more about myself, uh, learn how I was presenting, learn more about other people, and see what happened uh, off of that. And interestingly enough, that got me back into the business, into a great job at DreamWorks Animation for most of the 2000s, where I segued from this production-oriented role to this more culture and people-oriented role and started working with schools to recruit kids out of undergraduate and graduate programs and doing a lot of internal training and cultural uh, uh, initiatives that uh, were really key at that point in building that company. And that's how I kind of got focused on education to the point where it really took over my life. And I thought, well, I really want to do this more and more. DreamWorks and I came to a surprisingly for Hollywood amicable parting of the ways uh, at the end of uh, 2009. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, the signal to me was this is my opportunity to really get into education full time. And one of the first things that happened to me as part of that push into an education consulting role was to come on board to co-run a graduate program here in Los Angeles for Carnegie Mellon University, Carnegie Mellon's in Pittsburgh, but they had set up this satellite program in LA focused on the entertainment business and on management careers in entertainment. So I've been doing that now for the past uh, almost 10 years. It's been quite a wonderful opportunity. But along the way, I started realizing that there were, in the wake of the recession, 2008, 2009, there were people my age, mm -hmm. uh, baby boomers, who were having a hard time recovering from that event and that the math was really working against us. We were coming up on traditional retirement, and yet we had lost 30, 40, 50% of the value of our homes and our, and our retirement nest eggs in the recession. Those numbers were slow to return. A lot of people had gone underwater on their mortgages. And the wake-up call for people over 50 was and remains that we're going to be living longer, we haven't saved enough for retirement, and there are many factors in the economy that are preventing us from continuing to work. So what do we do? And cut to today, I'm working with people to figure out ways for them to extend their careers, to pivot to more authentic, purpose-driven roles uh, that they can build businesses and get hired around uh, as they get into their 50s and 60s. I just have to say is I was smiling thinking about when you went back to school and behavioral psychology and it's like you said you wanted to learn more about yourself. That's so introspective. That's such an introvert thing. And then right. I love that you saw this opportunity having lived this experience during the recession, but then you also were observant enough to see this opportunity to create this business. That's another right. introvert thing. So that's what part of what we want to talk about 
about is, you know, these attributes and character characteristics that we have, mm-hmm. we can use those to our advantage. We just have to hone in on them, listen, observe, and act when we're able. So yeah. I, I love this story. It's, it's an amazing story. And I wonder about reimagining. We don't want to change our personality, but I'm thinking about just introverts in general. I wonder what they might be able to take from your book and your story, not to change their personalities, but I think they could be inspired by some of the messages that you just shared with us and that are in your book. I think you're right. I think it's, it is about preserving and celebrating our personalities, mm-hmm. not about trying to change or conform to Thank some you. other idea of how we should be living and behaving. And really the premise of the book, I guess you could say that it's an introvert's approach to, to career reinvention. Mm-hmm. The title of the book is Boomer Reinvention, How to Create Your Dream Career Over 50. And it's a completely personal development oriented approach. So I'm not the traditional career coach who says, Okay, let's get your resume all uh, all mm-hmm. uh, buttoned up, and I want you to send that resume out to five thousand employers. And here's your tip on how to dress for the interview, and all that traditional stuff. I think is bogus today. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not served today trying to fit into someone else's idea of what they want. Mostly because because they don't they don't know what they want. I've I've been on the hiring side enough to know that. When they ask you to write a job description for this open position, it, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I, I can think of fewer things that people hate doing more than writing job descriptions. <laughs> so hiring is really, really broken. And, and if, you, if you realize that and you don't play that game, but really focus internally, particularly as an older professional with years of experience, just to digress for a second, one of the big arguments that I always get from people who have recently lost their job in their 50s is I'm being told that um, I'm overqualified for the jobs I'm applying to. Mm-hmm. And they're very frustrated by that response. And they say, I can do that job. Just because I have all these qualifications doesn't mean I'm going to get bored doing that job. But they're really missing the point. The point is they are overqualified. And what is being reflected back to them is the fact that they need to upgrade their sense of who they are, what they can provide, and what impact they can have. As we get older, people look up to us in a certain way. And, yeah, there's ageism and, uh, and a lot of nastiness being said about older people. But I think the truth is that there's also a lot of respect and that if you can actually get into a dialogue between a younger person and an older person and there's empathy going on between the two, there's a, there's a lot of respect that young people have for mm-hmm. older people. Yeah. So the trick is to tap into that upgraded sense of yourself and articulate the value proposition that you can get behind and feel really confident about providing. And if you can articulate that value proposition, you don't have to sell it, right? You're living it. It's, uh, you don't have to be an extrovert to sell yourself. 
in that sense. Right? All you need to do is be clear about who you are and what you want to do and what value it provides, what usefulness it brings. And then you're just waiting to take orders because if you can articulate that and then position yourself out there through your network to alert the world to the value that you provide, well, someone's going to find you and you're going to find them. And that's a much better way of living your life and going to work uh, than to be constantly chasing some brass ring Mm -hmm. that some manager is kind of throwing up in the air to see if it works. That was some, that was great advice. I was going to ask you at the end, which we're, we're nearing the end. I was going to ask you for some advice. You gave so much advice. I wrote down some of these quotes uh, that we all need to live by at any age. So thank you for all that. I did want to ask you another question about gender. Do you think that it's any different for a woman? In terms of well, reimagining, yeah. and I know every situation right. is different, but I just wanted to know what you think about that, or is it the same? I think that women have been disadvantaged in the workplace, no question about it, uh, starting with the pay gap. And as a result of the pay gap and all of the issues around leaving work, returning to work, the, the workplace has not been welcoming to women. It is becoming more so today, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Mm-hmm. So women, older women, come in with that, that added disadvantage in terms of interacting with the job marketplace. In terms of the ability to reinvent yourself, to focus on a next act career, to marshal all of your self-reflective muscle, if you will, to put that thing together... I don't think there's any real difference between men and women, although I think women are more open to this work initially than men are. I think men will tend to cling to the external role that they have had, and it's more difficult for them to uncouple. I think men have a much deeper sense of identification with their job than women. I think women have a more balanced understanding that their job is part of their life and that there are other aspects of their identity that balance the job. I think where where women and men certainly get into trouble is when they over-identify with their work. Mm. And uh, I think we're all coming to this idea that we need to strive for balance between our work and our lives and that we're Mm. better at work when we're better at life. That's great. So let me ask you one last thing, John. What else are you working on? Um, What would you like to share with the audience? Anything you'd like for us to know? Sure, absolutely. I am currently, I've been working with LinkedIn Learning over the past Mm -hmm. year on a series of courses that relate to the generational makeup of, of work and the idea of the multi-generational workforce and the value of the multi-generational workforce. Uh, The first course is called Managing Someone Older Than You. That was out earlier in the year. The one that just launched in October 2019 is Connecting with Your Millennial Manager. Mm -hmm. So it's for older older (laughs) people with younger bosses. Yes. And then I'm working on one now, which will be out at the beginning of next year, called Managing Across Generations. 
So I'm kind of hitting it from a bunch of different angles. Mm-hmm. And the first one, obviously, is for younger managers who have someone older on their team. It's like, oh, God, I've got this old guy on my team. You know, <laughs> what am I going to do with him? And then the other one is, uh, you know, you'll never believe what happened at work. I've got, I'm reporting to some kid. <laughs> right? Yeah. And and the, the point is, uh, we don't have to think about the workplace in these, I don't know, these, these old-fashioned terms of, well, when you're young, you report to someone older. You're always going to be reporting to someone older because the workplace doesn't work that way. And we don't have time to kind of go into it. But I think I'm, I'm I think your listeners will will be nodding in 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 appreciation of how things have changed and how the workplace is very different. And my point of view is that we all need to work together. That each generation has something valuable to offer. And the more time we spend together, and if we can be open to one another and communicate and allow for our differences, uh, that uh, we can all get a lot more done and better. Yeah. And at this time, it's interesting how it's the millennials, it's the Gen X's, it's the boomers. We're all working together, all, you know, doing on teams. So it is important, this whole cross generation thing. So this sounds like some amazing work that you're doing. Uh, Can you let us know how people can contact you or learn more about you? You can look at my website, which is johntarnoff.com, J-O-H-N-T as in Tom, A-R-N as in Nancy, O-F-F as in Frank.com. And you can find me on Twitter at John Tarnoff and LinkedIn Learning, uh, which is the uh, education uh, website for LinkedIn. You can just search for me and my courses will come up and you can just do a Google search and I'm, I'm right there. Wherever there are articles or whatever, it's it's easy to find me. Thank you, John, so much for your time. We've learned so much from you, in, including me. You're an inspiration. So thank you for all that you do, and thank you for your time today, and we'll be following and keeping up with you. You're so welcome, Jerry. This is great. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash introverts hush loudly and listen to past episodes at wgnradio.com or hushloudly.com. Oh,